Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Okay, time is marching on uh, this morning. Uh, so no matter where you're listening from, for some people it's uh, early morning UK time or mid-morning, late morning UK time. Other people are listening in from Europe, Australia. It's the evening time. If you're tuning in from America, it's probably the graveyard shift. It's the very early hours of the morning. But, you know, some people can't sleep and some people prefer to be up and about, maybe out working. Got some cool emails uh, from people who are delivering trash in Connecticut. Uh, they say they listen into TNT radio as they're doing their morning run at 5 a.m which is amazing so we don't know who's listening in but no matter who you are or wherever you're from uh, you're extremely welcome to stay tuned and hear what we have to say here on tnt radio and also uh just during the uh break there before we came on air, i was talking amongst uh murray in the studio and also to Gemma. uh it's coming together the the visual aspect of things at the minute uh you can't even begin to understand i couldn't begin to comprehend what's involved and in actually moving across from the audio only platform to the visual platform as well. Uh, so much coordination uh, over so many different countries, so many different time zones, technological, remote working. But uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the product out there. I know a lot of people are leaving some very positive feedback on the live stream. So please uh, stay tuned and let people know that this is an option now uh, going forward. And of course, it's a platform we are going to continue to build upon uh, right the way through 2024 here on TNT Radio. So, uh, Darren Denslow, my old chum from Plymouth, as you all know him very well, D.D. Denslow will be joining me around about 20 past the hour. We have plenty to talk about. Gemma's incoming in a minute or two. Uh, statistics, always good to see statistics and figures. This is a crazy one here uh, from America. Over 8 million 8 million illegal invaders have stormed the U.S. border since Joe Biden took office, which is around about three or four years ago now. There have been zero protests. There have been zero sit-ins. There have been zero demonstrations. There have been zero marches. There have been zero walkouts. There have been zero blockades. Uh, this person here posted said, this is our country. Why the hell isn't every city or town up in arms about this? And this is an incredibly pertinent question to be asked. Why is this being allowed to happen right across the board? And without getting into the details in this one, again, it's a big issue. Uh, there's a lot of layers to this one here, but you have to ask yourself the question, why is this simply being allowed to happen year after year, week after week, month after month? And it's not just confined to the southern borders of America. We're seeing it in Ireland. We're seeing it in the UK. We're seeing it in Germany. We're seeing it in Spain. We're seeing it in Italy. We're seeing it in the Netherlands. We're seeing it in Denmark. We're seeing it in Belgium. We're seeing it everywhere. Uh, this mass influx of people coming in unvetted uh, with little to no contribution to make to society. The question is why? That's another complex one. Uh, we could ask it maybe until the cows come home, until we're blue in the face and maybe never get an actual answer to that one. But you have to scratch your head and wonder, along with all the other insanity that's happening in the world right now, how the hell is this being allowed to happen with all the so-called security that we have in place? You can't get through an airport carrying more than 100 milliliters of liquid in your little toothpaste. If you do, you'll set off sensors. You have to have full body scans before you can board an airplane. But yet 8 million people, 8 million people can just waltz across the border in Southern America, uh, south, south part of America, getting in from Mexico into uh, California, into uh, Texas. And then, of course, they're bust up to New York. So the question you have to ask is, why? 
why is this being allowed to happen? Uh, importantly as well, uh, just a shout out to TNT Radio and also to Mr. Lembit Opik. Uh, he did a great interview there with uh, Steve Kirsch concerning uh, the uh, data that's coming out from New Zealand and also uh, to do with, um, you know, a whistleblowing case and also James Freeman, I believe, yesterday uh, also did a, a special on this or he did it uh, yesterday was Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he did a special in this one yesterday. So if you haven't done so, there's a lot of great content here that you may miss. You may be sleeping, you may be out, you may be working, but please take time to check back, even have a glance at what other people are doing on TNT Radio. There's some epic presenters on in the afternoons, uh, UK time and also early evening. Patrick Henningsen's on there, Jeremy Nell's on there. Uh, in the evening time, you've got uh, Hesher, Brian McLean is on there with Steve Hook. Uh, you've got... Uh, oh, uh, Hervoy Mauricio in the evening times, which is absolutely fantastic. And these are just a few people that I'm pulling off uh, the top of my head. There's a great amount of content out there, people from all over the world. So please, if you haven't already done so, take time to browse our website, tntradio.live. Make sure you have our app downloaded, which is TNT Radio app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. And there's a facility there that you'll be able to go back through, uh, search for presenters or search for the name of a show or search for the name of a guest. And if you have someone on there that you particularly wanted to hear from or that you particularly like to listen to, you can avail of our playback service. And of course, we've just hit the 10 million mark as well on our downloads for these shows, uh, which is also an incredible feat uh, for the guys and girls uh, working here at TNT Radio. So uh, on that uh, promo note, uh, we'll take a brief pause and we'll welcome Gemma back into the fray again. So don't go away. This is TNT Radio. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, half for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, I think there's one thing we will never have here on TNT, and it's what is called a slow news day. I know you worked in media for a long, long time. Maybe you had pockets of time in the past where you things maybe were a little bit quiet. You had to root around a little bit to find out what's going on in the world, but <laughs> that can't be possibly the case in this day and age. I mean, it, it, you can't keep up with the amount of stuff that's happening, and it's nice that uh, so many people are covering it in so many different shows of which you're involved in, and many as well here as a, a news editor. Uh, you know, you get your hands filled these days, don't you? Exactly. And I must just put a tiny little correction into something mm. you just said, Rick, because I want to point Please. people in the right direction. Uh, the Freeman show that uh, was about the New Zealand whistleblower and it had Liz Gunn on from the New Zealand, I think, Loyalty mm. Party, I think she represents now. Mm. Um, that was last Thursday. And it was a brilliant oh. show where Liz went into okay. all the data that the whistleblower um, had revealed. And so if people want to go back and listen to that. In fact, Thursday. interestingly... Yeah, it was last Thursday. And the Freeman Report, James's Freeman's show, that was the first show to really break that story. And at the same time, Steve Kirsch was um, announcing it to um, some students at MIT in America. So it all came out on the same day. Uh, and obviously, we all know now that subsequently that very brave whistleblower has been arrested, which shows that he's well over the target. Because if he was just some crank in a basement, they wouldn't have bothered. They would have just left him alone and said, oh, he's just a nutter. Clearly, He's hit a raw nerve here. So, yeah, that story is absolutely brilliant. I hope that other brave whistleblowers will follow suit. And we broke it here on the Freeman Report on TNT Radio, which is exactly the job we should be doing, exactly the job the mainstream should be doing and never will. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, yeah, uh, my apologies. I don't really keep up 
uh, the way I should do, I suppose, just I'm so focused in on what we're doing here in Open Line and Locked and Loaded. But I know uh, James was covering that. So check out the show from last Thursday. I think it was actually Tommy. You had Tommy Robinson on yesterday. I think uh, I saw in the live chat that you had him on. So listen, there's no end of people coming onto these shows. And uh, also Gemma Cooper, uh, if you if you can't get enough of her, uh, she's not just confined to Open Line and to Locked and Loaded. She does the James Freeman show with the Freeman Report. Uh, I think you do Dean Mackin show and you also do the Lambert Obic show. So, uh, you know, if you like your daily fix at Gemma, it's not limited to uh, two blasts here between uh, 9 and 11 a.m. She's also one after these shows and she's also one before these shows. So a big salute to you. And of course, that's one of the reasons why we, well, I call her the Trooper Gemma Trooper rather than Gemma Cooper. I hope you don't mind that. I don't mind at all. It's lovely. I, li I like it. It makes us all one big family. We've all got nicknames for each other and we all take the mickey out of each other as well. And it's great. It's uh, certainly the best place I've ever worked uh, and certainly the best, absolutely the best media organization I've ever worked for because we're actually good delivering to an audience in an authentic way. So yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, and, and also long may the debunking of lies and calling out politicians for dirty, stinking, filthy, rotten, downright lies. May that also continue. Uh, you've got one here uh, concerning our, our little friend, uh, Sadiq Khan, the Lord Mayor of London. Uh, he's been uh, pulled up for lying about knife crime statistics as well. Uh, what's the What's the story with that one? Well, it's an interesting one, you know. Politicians lying is is nothing new, and uh, but I like it when they get caught. And uh, and this this is a real kind of like there's nowhere to run with this one, Sadiq. And I'm not going to talk about you, Les, because I've talked about that enough. But his other thing was knife crime, wasn't it? That's the thing that he really said wants to bring down. And he uh, issued a press release, City Hall, where he's the mayor of, issued a press release this summer in July, uh, quite adamant that knife crime since Sadiq had been the mayor had dropped, significantly dropped. Uh, the trouble is, it was uh, not quite true. And the Office for National Statistics has uh, yesterday come out on the record and said they demand that they uh, change and amend this press release because according to official figures, knife crime in the capital has risen since Sadiq took, took office by a staggering 40%. Uh, in 2016, there were just over 9,000 knife attacks. And in 2023, there were nearly 13,000. I think you'll agree, Rick, that's a significant jump and a significant amount of violence. Now, the Office for National Statistics quite rightly went to uh, City Hall and said, well, how did you come up with this figure? Because it's, it's not true. And City Hall kind of scratched its head and went, oh, well, yeah, um, uh, well, knife crimes dropped in the under 25, so we kind of used that figure. And the Office for National Statistics has gone, uh-uh, that's misleading. That's a very generous way of putting it. That's misleading. You need to go away. You need to change this information. You need to put it on the record. Knife crime has actually gone up. Now, a politician in a political department lying and manipulating the facts to suit their version of reality, I think probably was ever thus. But what is interesting now is that it seems this is how politics is being done. You lie first, you wait till you get caught, then you apologize. You've alluded to this on this show about fishy Rishi Sunak. You know, he goes on saying that he's brought inflation down. He tweets it, X's it, whatever it is. And then immediately he's fact-checked himself by diligent researchers from people like us that have gone off, done the homework uh, and come back with the real figures. So it's it's kind of happening a pace, isn't it? That politicians are kind of like, 
um, well, we'll put this out and we'll see who notices. Well, what's happening is a lot more people are noticing and a lot more people are calling politicians out. So politicians lying is nothing new, but the, f- the fact now quite swiftly they're being revealed and, and debunked. And the fact it is Sadiq Khan, you know, he seems to think he can do what he wants and no one will notice. But the Office of National T- for National Statistics, who are an independent body from the government, and they, they are there to call the government to account with the facts. They've done exactly that. They've done their job um, and this information will be amended. Shame it had to go out in the first place, really, because it was effectively wrong. And of course, they're countering that, uh, Gemma, with trying to perform more gymnastics, more statistical gymnastics, because what is it? Lies, lies and damned lies and statistics. Uh, recent ONS figures show knife crime in London has continued to grow, uh, soaring, as you said, the 13,500 offences by the end of June, a 36% increase in knife-enabled robberies. Uh, it goes on to list a few people, sadly, that have lost their lives because of stabbings. Uh, City Hall tried to defend this claim uh, about falling knife crime by setting met figures showing a decline since 2016 in the number of offences with injury affecting people under 25. But Mr. Humpherson said the mayoral statement has not been clear on the source of the claims. Uh, a spokesman for the mayor, or Sadiq Khan, has said that the press release has been amended and further detail has been added. So in other words, they don't want to apologise for misleading people. They don't want to apologise for a flagrant uh, manipulation of facts. They said, we'll make an amendment to that and of course, it'll probably be buried somewhere. Uh, no one's going to trawl back to the original statement that they originally made in July. They should actually come out with a new statement to say, listen, we, we said something here. We, we hold our hands up. We got it wrong, like I did with uh, James and the Steve Kirsch story. That was last Thursday. It wasn't actually yesterday. I hold my hands up to that. I'm not going to try and manipulate that. I made a boo-boo. So yeah, you own it. And I think, does that not get you a little bit more respect from people if you say, you know what? Uh, we got that one wrong. Uh, it was a mistake. We take it back here's the actual figures instead of this squirming around like the slippery little eel that Sadiq Khan is this just reinforces that image that he's a slippery little eel does it not you'd make a very good PR person Rick because that's exactly the point if they owned up and if they were more more authentic and if they Mm -hmm. were like listen really sorry we won't happen again we all make mistakes let's have a second chance we didn't mean it we we got the data wrong we would have so much more respect for them Mm -hmm. overnight Overnight, our whole image of politicians and political departments would shift seismically because people respond very well to authenticity. You can't really mm-hmm. argue with authenticity. It, it, it is what it is, a word, authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but people hate duplicity. They hate duplicity. Mm-hmm. Everybody does because you, you're shifting sands. You never know where you stand. But that mm-hmm. is the narcissist way. It's gaslighting effectively. And you, I think you do have to have such a hefty dose of narcissism, mm-hmm. narcissism stroke sociopathy mm-hmm. uh, to go into politics. And Natalie talks about this a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. it's true. You know, They don't really care as long as they're the center, they're the spotlight. Their version of reality is the one that we're all getting. But they, if they only reversed it and flipped it, which they're incapable mm-hmm. of doing, uh, we would actually like them. We trust mm-hmm. them. They just don't get it. But I think, Rick, you could you could definitely head a PR company because you nailed it in a nutshell there. That's exactly right. You know, when Charles when Charles delivered his uh, State of the Nation address a few months ago, you know, he was banging on about the cost of living crisis. And, uh, you know, Natalie and I, I think 
maybe even you were involved in this discussion as well, I can't remember, but how much more would it have won people's hearts and minds, even people that despised Charles and the royal family, if he had took off that silly uh, rug that he wore, took off the silly crown that he wore encrusted with diamonds and gold, set aside his scepter and just stood at a simple podium and said, how can I pontificate to you about the cost of living crisis when I'm wearing 50 million pounds worth of jewellery, a lot of it which has been stolen from other countries okay, you could think that's a setup, but how much more would that endear somebody to somebody else by just being genuine? But you nailed it there. Narcissistic people don't want to humble themselves. They don't want to come down to other people's levels. They have to remain above lording and above other people. And I think, Gemma, ultimately, that will be their downfall. They can't take simple advice and they won't do it because it will erode their ego and it will erode their pride somehow. And they just absolutely can't be having that one. And Charlie Boy is no different to that. Hard to call him king, isn't it? He'll always be Prince Charles <laughs> to me, the Prince of Wales. Ain't my king. But anyway, yeah, that'll be a good one for Christmas. But anyway, uh, many thanks for highlighting old slimy Sadiq's lying uh, manipulation of figures and statistics there. And uh, hopefully we'll have more to talk about tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. with Gemma Cooper. Uh, I'll be back in a minute with Darren Denslow. Yes, the magic will continue here unabated. TNT Radio, don't go away. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media media like Telegram who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Here's a bushfire fact. Bushfires can occur without warning. So, if you're traveling during bushfire season, here are three simple steps to remember. 1. Check the fire danger rating before you go. The higher the fire danger rating, the more dangerous the conditions. It may be safer to replan your trip. 2. Think about the area you're going to and what you would do if a fire started. How would you escape the area if you needed to? And where would you go? Check if there's a neighborhood safer place. 3. It's dangerous to drive through smoke or fire. If you can't find a way to avoid the fire, park in a cleared area, face the car towards the fire, and turn the engine off. Then lie on the floor and cover yourself to protect yourself from radiant heat. Live bushfire ready. For more helpful tips, visit myfireplan.com.au today. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. 
Uh, don't you just love a little bit of TNT in the mornings? It's great to get the old hands back together. Darren Denslow, Dee Dee Denslow is back in TNT Towers again in his rightful place, along with Mr. Murray in the studio and the wonderful people taking care of the visuals in the background. Nobody uh, is uh, unnecessary here in TNT Radio. We all have to come together to make this thing work. It's a great pleasure uh, to have Darren back on again. He's still on on a Sunday. He still does the Digging Deeper show. I believe it's from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, on a Sunday. And if you've missed it or you haven't been uh, availing of that, you can catch him on playback there uh, on our website, tntradio.live or via our app. And of course, this is going out live on all the major streaming platforms as well. So anyway, without any further ado, Darren, welcome back to TNT Towers. How the hell are you doing? Oh, I'm very well, mate. Uh, and it's always good to come on on a Tuesday to, to have a bit of a chin wag with you. Uh, I was just talking to her friend. She's going, what are you doing this morning? I said, oh, I'm on with Rick to have a bit of a chin wag. And she's going, oh, I'll make sure I tune in. And it is uh, it is one of the highlights of my week, mate. Mm. Always good to see you and always on a Tuesday. Uh, that's the way it was right from week number one. Darren, I think, was one of my first Tuesday guests. Or in fact, Trivia for you. The first time he ever appeared on Lock and Loaded was actually on a Thursday. But after that first appearance, it was Tuesdays from that point onwards. So we try and stick uh, with a Tuesday just because we feel comfortable with it. Damn it. And we like to feel comfortable here at TNT. So please uh, leave your thoughts and comments in our live chat. Darren, ton of stuff happening at the minute. Don't even know where to start here. Uh, let's start actually with something that's very dear to your heart. Why don't we start with something dear to your heart? Silver. Silver and gold. So gold uh, is hitting record prices at the minute. Uh, spot yep. price of gold spiked up to as much as $2,100 per ounce yep. in the UK. An article was around yesterday. I know the only thing you love more than gold, my friend, is silver. Okay, so uh, silver is looking like a real bargain now. And lest, you know, we're not blowing trumpets here, but for two years, we've been advocating investment or considering investment in gold, silver and rice. And rice is also up uh, 50% over the last three oh, years it? as well. So, I've got you know, if, of that. <laughs> you know it's, it's, I was going to say it's worth its weight in gold, but it's actually worth more than its weight in silver. But silver, gold, and rice, you must be glad to hear about uh, silver prices, although it's still yeah. uh, reasonably, I wouldn't say it's cheap at the minute, but it's uh, certainly undervalued at the minute. Is that still a good strategy going forward? Stick a few quid in the old uh, silver coins. I was literally having a conversation with a friend who came around yesterday. We were talking about um, uh, Whitney Webb. Uh, I was listening to Whitney Webb on Redacted last week, and she was talking about the potential for a 2024 cyber attack that could be misappropriated somewhere else to generate a war, to to, to, to usher in, uh, or to to, 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 to to cancel the internet for everybody, shut it down, restart it, and restart a new financial system at the same time. She's an incredibly well-informed person. I arrived recommend everyone going to listen to Whitney Webb and I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday what we're going to do to offset the fact that they may uh, uh, shut down the financial system uh, next year we've got the elections and everything coming up it won't be a, a pandemic with a virus it'll be another type of Bill Gates virus it'll be a computer virus or something uh, and we were talking about silver and I think it's about 20 quid an ounce at the moment plus VAT uh, traditionally silver rockets at uh, the last the last 
in the 2008 financial crisis, it almost doubled, nearly tripled in value. Uh, and we were talking about maybe uh, buying a few more kilos between us uh, and gold as well uh, to try and uh, offset any potential uh, financial crisis or all shutting down of the financial system as a result of a cyber attack that Whitney Webb is saying is almost certain uh, to happen in some way in 2024. And old Klaus Schwab, he's been promising us a cyber attack uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, if I was to place a bet on what the crisis will be next year, it will be something along those lines to do with our computer infrastructure, financial infrastructure, uh, which is clearly uh, teetering on the edge. And we see that with uh, the volatility in the dollar at the moment. You know, uh, you uh, you and I have talked about this. I'm thinking of two other guests that I would have on here. Parallel Mike from Poland. He's another big advocate of uh, investing in precious metals. And also Tim Price from Price Value Partners. He's a fund manager uh, in the UK. He and I talk about this a lot as well. Just for the benefit of people listening, you know, we, it doesn't matter to us what people put their money in. Everybody should do their own research and come to their own discussion or conclusions, take professional financial advice. But for the benefit maybe of somebody that's listening in and going, hang on yeah you guys were talking about that yeah things do seem to have went very well for those commodities and looks set to continue to do so best place uh to buy uh gold and silver bullion and store it yourself uh where would you recommend just as a as a as a purchasing point uh i use uh charts you know i don't want to be i don't want to be advertising any sort no. of uh a, a, a gold or, or or metal dealers no. but I, I i buy my precious metals online um, I, I don't look at them as, oh, I can easily make some money on this in a year's time. Although if the prices increase, particularly with gold, it's a good way of making money. CAT, uh, uh, silver has a, a, a VAT added to it. So yeah. you need to silver prices to increase 20, 30, 40% before you'll ever make any money back on what you buy. Uh, but I use charts. Uh, there are a whole variety of them, bullion by post. And it mm -hmm. literally comes through my letterbox. Sometimes I've got a sign for it. And another good place is secondhand shops. Uh, if you're smart and you're a good negotiator, uh, then, you know, uh, you can buy uh, silver coins. So, at a really, really sort of a reasonable or, or decent price. Um, so it, it's really a case of um i have the silver and the gold um accessible to me i don't necessarily keep it in my flat um because if there is a financial crisis next year you know your bitcoin's going to be useless uh or you might have some uh, fiat currency in your pocket once that's gone you might not have access uh, to your bank accounts so even if my silver hasn't increased in value on paper it's actually a ready currency that i can use when there is nothing else available uh, and that's why I, uh, uh, that's why I, I, I go in for raw uh, metals uh, and other raw materials like that. Yeah, and just uh, just as we close this one off, just this was off the cuff, but I think it's relevant because a lot of people listening in ask these questions: What should I do? This is just a suggestion. Uh, bear in mind also, as Darren has rightly pointed out, that if you do buy silver, you'll have to pay VAT on that. You know, upwards of tw or up to twenty percent VAT on a silver coin. You don't have to pay that on gold, but the silver coins are much uh, cheaper to buy, and they can be used in the event of a trading. Yeah. 
scenario yeah. where you know having a, a an ounce of gold worth eighteen hundred quid, it's a lot more difficult to take into your local uh, shop and convince the man to part with a you know a pint of milk and a loaf of bread for that rather than a silver coin that could be worth uh, twenty quid. So bear that in mind as well. And just some suggestions: we're not promoting any uh, dealerships. We're just he, John's just telling us where he personally goes to avail of these services. So do your own research and certainly consider this as part of any uh, portfolio that you have going forward. So we're going to take a quick news break now, Darren, and when we come back, we'll turn our eye onto what's happening domestically here in the UK, of course, uh, only on the one and only TNT Radio. Now, I've got news for you. Give me the news. Give it to me. Give me the news. TNT Radio News. Newsflash. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There were extraordinary scenes out of the US Monday night where a house exploded into a fireball during a police operation. US Senator Lindsey Graham has once again come under fire, this time for shrugging off the mounting civilian death toll in Gaza. And the families of the hostages who remain in Gaza are demanding a meeting with Israel's war cabinet, saying not enough is being done to bring their loved ones home. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Okay, I'm in conversation right now with the one and only Darren Den. So uh, just before I suppose we hop on to uh, domestic issues here in the UK, another uh, article that I saw yesterday, Darren, caught my eye, uh, funnily enough, from a good account called Wall Street Silver, although they do posting a lot of geopolitical stuff on the X platform, uh, allowing illegal aliens to join the military is a very late stage Roman Empire strategy. Uh, this is to do with a comment that was made yesterday by Senator Dick Durbin, Dick Durbin, who wants to make it possible for illegal immigrants to join the US military. And he asked the question, do you know what the recruiting numbers are for the Army, the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas every month. They can't find enough people to join. So the, the, they're they're punting out the the possibility that illegal immigrants uh, could join the American military. In Ireland, uh, there's a real shortage in police. Uh, a lot of people aren't joining the police force. They can't even get an Irishman to be head of the Irish uh, intelligence, criminal intelligence network. They're talking about advertising that in China and Russia. Can you imagine, Darren, a Chinese man would be head of the Irish state intelligence program? It's a possibility because they can't get Irish people to fill the jobs. America can't get Americans to join the American army. Uh, so what other option do they have? Uh, throw the door open for uh, illegals to come in there, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, and the other question you've got to ask is why is the American military on such a drive for uh, recruiting people into their armed forces? Uh, you've also seen that they are um, uh, looking or, or reinstating people who were kicked out of the uh, military in the USA and elsewhere around the world for COVID mandates. Uh, and it could be that the Americans are gearing up for military action in the future in a larger scale with what's going on 
the Middle East. And that might be why there's such a drive uh, on for, you know, for recruitment. Uh, with regards to um, foreign nationals, illegal immigrants, um, I wouldn't like uh, the UK military uh, to be full of, you know, Algerians and Albanians uh, and Africans from sub-Sahara. Um, uh, where are their allegiances, really? Are they really uh, allied with this country or in the USA with the USA? What if you go to war with Algeria and half of your military are Algerian? I wouldn't want them backing me up uh, in trench warfare, uh, you know, again. Who are their allegiances with? But it does sound uh, like in the case of the US military, that they're pretty desperate uh, and that they can't get the numbers. Uh, and that's why they're allowing trans people, people who haven't had their COVID jab and people who have come in through the southern border. Yeah, the thing is, too, I mean, we, we talked on and off about this last year. Look at the recruitment uh, adverts that were run last year for the American military versus, for example, the Russian military. Uh, somebody put them side by side. And the American one was a little girl who wanted to be a soldier and she grew up and then she graduated and she had both her mummies. She didn't have a daddy. She had two mummies uh, who came to watch her at her graduation service. And, you know, there was funny colored flags up the flagpoles. And you compare and contrast that with a Russian military. And it looked like something like a a trailer for Rambo or a trailer yeah. for First Blood. If you're a young man, if you're a young man who wants to go out, you know, army recruitment was always a very macho thing. Okay. It was always, a, you know, go out into the world, travel around, learn skills, get engaged in combat. It was appealing to uh, young men. Uh, whereas now I would dare say that uh, the last thing that a young man would want to do after uh, seeing one of these ads is actually to enlist in the U.S. Army, especially when you look at who's running uh, some of the the top positions there, they're, they're, they're men in skirts with hairy legs. Is that who you would want to go and take orders for uh, going into combat on the front line? Uh, not particularly, uh, and it's not the sort of military uh, that I would want facing someone like, I don't know, Russia, which has already taken on the might of NATO and defeated it. Uh, there may be a direct conflict between those two countries, and I'm pretty sure, just looking at paper, just looking at the type of people that they're recruiting into their forces, and just look, looking at their propaganda and advertising campaign, I'm pretty sure that there's one one of those two military forces, Russia and America I'm talking about, that seems uh, uh, more capable are more ready to fight. Uh, the, uh, I, I'm sure Putin has a look at the woke state uh, of the US military, uh, Putin and his generals, and they probably have a good chuckle amongst themselves, saying, God, we want to take on it, bring on the Americans, yeah, because, you know, they're ruled over by men who think that they're women. Uh, it, it's a sad state of affairs. The USA used to be the superpower, uh, and now it's just super woke. Uh, and um, it, it doesn't bode well for the future of the West with all these fires that are put up, that are appearing all around the world. And all those fires are directed mainly at the USA and the West. So, um, yeah, troubling times. And, you know, I wouldn't be uh, uh, hopeful or um, uh, reliant on the military power uh, of the Western world anymore. I think we are just a paper tiger. Yeah, and speaking of, uh, you know, Ukraine, Russia, that seems to be a story or headlines certainly were, they were every day from February of 2022, right up until recently, until October the 7th, uh, whenever the conflict kicked off in the Middle East. You know, it was never far from the news. Think of the countless numbers of times we covered stories uh, concerning Ukraine-Russia conflict. Uh, a, a memo, I suppose you would say, came out yesterday, the US will stop giving money to Ukraine 
in around about three weeks time and this is official uh, let me bring up the story here we're out of money and we're nearly out of time wrote the office of management and budget director shalanda young to congressional leaders in a letter that was made public on monday which is yesterday uh, there are a mere few weeks left before the u.s must stop giving money to ukraine young warned that the sudden end to end will kneecap Ukraine on the battlefield. Biden has been asked, uh, has been seeking a whopping $106 billion aid package, chiefly for Ukraine and Israel. But Budget Director Young says the proverbial writing is on the wall amid GOP resistance. So strange, Darren, that uh, the one thing that they said they would not do, which was relinquish yep. uh, this battle mm -hmm. to Russia, they would fight until the bitter end. They would make sure victory is assured. Now, all of a sudden, the massive U-turn has been performed and effectively they're signaling, listen, uh, the, 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 the buck stops here. Three weeks from now, you're you're not getting any more. Forget the $106 billion, Joe, to Ukraine and Israel. Uh, there's, the money is just simply not there. Even the printing presses, mate, I think we're out of ink. Yeah, uh, and the problem that Ukraine has is it's not just military aid. The money that's flowing into the country from the West into Ukraine to fight against Russia isn't just for artillery shells. It's not It's not just, you know, new tanks, etc. It pays for the wages for all the public services. Even business owners, small business owners, are being propped up by U.S. taxpayers. Once that money stops, within a few weeks, the entire country comes to a standstill. Not they won't be able to operate as a functioning country, uh, let alone a functioning military. Uh, and I suspect when that money stops flowing in and the weapons and aid stops flowing in from the US, Europe and other countries are also going to say, hey, it's winter. We haven't got any gas. We're all freezing. We ain't going to be supplying Ukraine. And Russia, who are already on the move, who are already mowing down up to six, 700 soldiers still a day in Ukraine, are going to keep moving westwards. Uh, and they will, uh, in short time, uh, make it to the Dnipro River. Whether they stop there, that depends on NATO. That depends on Zelensky. But um, by the time they get there, I wouldn't be surprised if Zelensky is no longer uh, in power as his uh, uh, military generals like Zeluzhny and other members of the political establishment there are starting to turn on Zelensky uh, as a dreamer uh, and as a danger uh, to the Ukrainian people. It's taken them two years to realise this and 500,000 dead soldiers plus. Can you even begin to imagine what that looks like, man? All those body bags and, of course, the Russian people that have been killed, civilians that have been killed, uh, Ukrainian army have been killed, people have been subscripted uh, into that service. Can you imagine what 500,000 corpses looks like? I mean, it's what Wembley Stadium holds, what, 50, 60,000 people? You're talking about 10 Wembley yep. stadiums full of body bags of men and women and children that effectively... This could have been avoided. This could have been mm -hmm. avoided back in February of 2022, but this was scuppered uh, by the British government and by NATO. Uh, the, the diplomacy was bypassed and they went straight to sanctions, were, which were an effective declaration of war against Russia. And they'd look at the position we're in at the minute. Uh, they're effectively running out of cash to fund this now. Now, the excuse will be made, Darren, that you know if Ukraine loses the war, it's because they ran out of resources, they ran out of money. But this article here uh, that I'm referencing in Zero Hedge also makes a very good point here. Uh, we should point out that Ukraine forces have been unable to advance after being handed America's longer-range missiles, state-of-the-art drones, anti-air defenses, intelligence assistance to boot. Fine. Some US government entities and officials have already begun to redefine what victory looks like. So 
Could we see, think about this, could we see like the renaming of what a vaccine is and what asymptomatic transmission is? Could we see America effectively losing this war, which they have by proxy, because it's a proxy war, America's fighting against Russia yep. and Ukraine. Well, we see them losing it, but it will be spun that they were actually victorious. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, we're already seeing that, particularly in the American press, saying, oh, we never said that the counteroffensive uh, was going to be a success. Uh, uh, oh, oh, no, you said these were, this is what we would identify as, no, 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 we never said that. Uh, we always knew that it was, you know, a bit of a toss of a coin taking on the Russians. Uh, it hasn't worked out. No, of course it hasn't worked out. Of all the land that Russia had taken prior to the counteroffensive starting, uh, Ukraine have taken back about 0.5% of that land back. And guess what? Russia's taking all that 0.5% back right now. Uh, the media and everyone is turning on Zelensky, turning on Ukraine. It's like they're tiptoeing off uh, and pretending that it never happens. We'll just focus on the latest crisis in the Middle East. And who knows? I mentioned about the, the cyber attack next year in 2024. But we've also said you want to invest in silver. You want to invest in gold. Uh, I recommend you invest in Taiwanese flags, too, because when it all goes pear shaped in the Middle East, they're going to have to find somewhere else uh, to destroy. Yeah, they will. So, but watch out for those Taiwanese flags and people's profiles uh, into 2024. Uh, I have to make a few mentions in the live chat. A lot of people are very happy to see you back on here, Darren. Uh, little Carl says, hurrah, Didi is back. And then she goes on to say, she complimented me earlier. She said, I look very handsome. And then she said, Rick, is Darren your son? Hell's bells, Carl. Do I really <laughs> look that old or does Darren really look that young that he would pass as my son? We were actually complimenting on him now. Uh, uh, Suave looks earlier on, and I have another guest. I did draw likeness, a uh, parallel Mike from Poland. If you put a pair of glasses on Didi Deslow, he would pass for parallel Mike, and he, he wasn't very happy with me pointing out he does look a little bit Jerry Adams-esque if he was to have a pair of glasses on with that fantastic the beard. beard that he's growing, a fantastic beard. So those are meant as uh, compliments and a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humour that we have here in TNT Radio, of course. Uh, so please don't go away. Stay tuned. We've got another 15 minutes to take us to the top of the hour after this short break on TNT Radio. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Facts matter. And the fact is that until the COVID-19 genetic therapy injections hit the scene, we didn't have thousands of young athletes dying in competition, in training, or home asleep in their beds. We didn't blame things like a previously undiagnosed genetic cardiac anomaly, or taking too cold a shower, or walking too briskly to class. And the fact is that it wasn't Israelis that kidnapped Palestinian Olympic athletes in Munich and murdered them. It wasn't Israelis that blew up nightclubs in Berlin and Indonesia. It wasn't Israelis that drove a truck through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin or shot up a Christmas market in Germany. It wasn't Israelis that stabbed to death festival goers in Stockholm. It wasn't Israelis that did these things. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate mountains. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. 
before it's too late. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. You're with Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Okay, the question was asked by Mr. Denzel, where are we going next? And let's be honest about it. We kind of fly by the seat of our pants here. At least I do on TNT Radio. I have a rough idea what I want to talk about. And then, of course, we just bounce around from story to story as the spirit leads. Uh, A lot was happening yesterday. A lot of stuff, uh, strangely, that we're talking talking about uh, today that when we did originally talk about it and many other people spoke about it over the last year or two, you were labeled nasty things. So for example, let me give you an example in this. Uh, Rishi Sunak uh, put a post up yesterday, a public post, and this is what he said. This is Rishi Sunak. Immigration is too high. (laughs) Who would have thought, eh? We said that last year. We were called xenophobes, racists, and all sorts of nasty right-wing extremists. So does that mean Rishi's a xenophobe, is an extremist? This is what he says. He says, today we're taking radical action to bring it down. Well, we've heard that one before. These steps will make sure that immigration always benefits the UK. And this is what he is proposing. And Darren, you can give me your thoughts on this. Banning overseas students from bringing their families to the UK unless they're on post-grad research degrees. Stopping immigration, undercutting British workers and scrapping the 20% going rate for salary discounts offered for shortage occupations. That sounds great in paper, but I don't say closing the borders, uh, stopping the use of the Royal Navy as a, a water taxi service to ferry hundreds and thousands of men across from France over to the UK where they're escorted on buses to hotels and army barracks and repurposed buildings. I didn't see that mentioned, but it's interesting that he starts off with those four words. Immigration is too high. Where have we heard that before? We have been talking about this uh, for as long as we've been on TNT Radio, uh, Rick. Uh, And the other thing I noticed in his recent statements on immigration, and it's quite clear, Rishi Sunak is trying to recover or gain some votes. He knows it's the hottest political uh, potato uh, here in the UK. He started to talk about net 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 immigration never talked about illegal immigration talking about net immigration and that covers a huge range of people coming in from a variety of routes and sources um uh, obviously the visual uh, the optics um that we see especially if you're a social media user or even if you're watching mainstream uh, mainstream news is that we see the boats coming in through dover but that's just a drop in the ocean uh, to you know excuse the pun a drop in the ocean of, of the number of people coming in to the uk illegally uh, and my argument for illegal immigration is very simple if they wanted to stop people coming into the uk they could do it overnight yeah mm-hmm. if they wanted to stop the boats coming in at dover you could just stick a frigate just offshore, armed, and, and I'm not going to stop banging on about torpedoes and all the rest of it. Just stick I was a waiting for there. the torpedoes. I was disappointed you haven't mentioned torpedoes. Yet. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I keep getting called names. Darren, you keep talking about torpedoes. Don't don't stop doing that. Um, metaphorical but, you know, torpedoes. Of yeah, course. of Metaphor- course. We want to metaphorically torpedo illegal immigration. That's what we want to do. Yeah, and, and, yeah, of course metaphorically uh, and, and it keeps back like, like, oh we've we've uh, we've rejigged we've we've uh, renegotiated the rwanda deal 
I mean, mm. anyone who thinks that uh, sending illegal immigrants by plane, what, a hundred, couple of hundred at a time, to Rwanda in Africa, of all places, is going to deter people coming into this country and is a solution to the tens of thousands of people, people, uh, young men, fighting fit, young men, breeders, yeah, cheap mm. labor and replacements for you. Uh, if you think the Rwanda deal is uh, is the solution uh, and is is a realistic solution as well, you know, it's something that they go, oh, look, this is a great deal. We're going to send them all back to Rwanda. Then I've got a salt ash bridge to sell for you for mm. about know, two million pounds. It, it, it's all a con. There's, there's no intention to stop illegal immigration. It's all words. It's, it's all bluffs. We might see some news reports of a few planes going back to Rwanda, uh, but that will be it. The people that have come into this country are going to stay unless we get a children of men scenario where we start rounding them all up, putting them in cages and in quarantine camps, uh, which I can't see happening. And to be honest, isn't necessarily a solution that I would like to see happen. No. Of course not. Of course not. And the bottom line is, you know, prevention is better than curing. You just simply close the borders down and you don't let anybody enter the country unless they can prove that they are who they say they are. They can be uh, verified. They can have a check done on them. Listen, if you wanted to get a job with the government today, if you as a janitor wanted to get a job, for example, in Plymouth City Council or get access to a police station, they would have to vet you. They would have to vet you, check you are who you say you are, check your identity, check your employment history, write for references, uh, check your, uh, you know, online, everything. It's so difficult to get a job, for example, even in the civil service as a UK resident. So therefore, you know, the, the, the standards that we're asking to be applied to people coming into the country from overseas are no different than the standards that would be applied if you you're already a UK resident anyway. This isn't uh, going above and beyond what we're expected to comply to. It's just simply, you know, knowing who you're dealing with and asking the question, why are you here? What are you hoping to do? Or are you just a, a, a social or an economic migrant? And if that's the case, we don't have the money uh, to support you. That's as simple, that's as, simple as that. Uh, another issue here I want to talk about uh, to do with flags. And uh, now this one's from Australia. Uh, this is a story that I read this morning uh, to do with Australia, but it applies to the UK and it certainly applies to Ireland as well. Uh, councils need a reality check. The Australian flag is to make way for flags of minority groups under a ridiculous new city of Yarra policy. So Australia's national flag will make way, uh, including the flag for the asexual flag, the aromatic flag, and the flag of a West African state that doesn't even exist under an inner city Melbourne Council's ridiculous new policy. So the Aussie flag will be there but it will be accompanied by at least 20 other flags from who knows what on representing who knows what. Let me ask you a question, okay? If you live in the UK, the only flag that should be flying is a, a Union Jack, okay? If you're in Dublin, the only flag that should be flying is the tricolor. If you're in France or in Italy or wherever it happens to be, or America, the only flag that should be flying, the only colors that should, buildings should be lit up are the colors, your national colors. Otherwise, you have to ask yourself a question. What message is that actually sending out to other people? What's with this multi-flags and painting the roads, all these colors and all this? You know, there's power, darn, as we know in symbolism. There's power in yep. walking under other people's colors. Okay, mentally, mm -hmm. and some people would say spiritually, yep. there is a power element to that. What the hell are they trying to do here in the, the city of Yara? Why do they need 20 flags? Why not just have the Aussie flag there? What's so difficult about that? 
it's um it's almost i mean you're talking about uh, uh the power of symbolism uh, the the flag that i identify with is the union jack uh, i have that in my profile my social media and the england flag and you're right they're the only flags that should be uh, flown in the uk uh, or if you're in wales you'd have the welsh flag and, and, and the scottish flag uh, and i think all these different flags is trying to dilute our identity uh, to such a point where we have no identity uh, but it's also you mentioned about uh, 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 in imposing another power on a society or a group of people like in uh, Australia. Uh, and that is what's happening. It's, it's basically saying, you have been taken over. Yeah, we have it here in Plymouth. Uh, I, I posted some pictures uh, of the flags that are on the, uh, the Plymouth Ho, very famous waterfront. It's got a whole stretch of about 20 different flagpoles. And normally it's all different flags, the UK flag, Welsh, Scottish, uh, American, uh, Commonwealth uh, flags, which I suppose is acceptable. We are a Commonwealth country after all, and we have a, you know, a Commonwealth that's ruled over or, 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 or presided over by the royal family. But I went out there one day and it was all the LGBTQ flags, all different ones. There was the trans flag, uh, the LGBTQ flag, asexual flag, a load of different flags that I didn't know. Why are they up there? And it's a troll. It's a, it's the Plymouth City Council and the, and the woke left saying, look at what we can do, what we can we can enforce our ideology onto you by using these symbols and we replace the symbols of your identity your nationality with different ones and you know people see this it affects people's persona it affects people's um uh, identity uh, and, and and who they are and I, it's all part of this sort of marxist takeover of the west it's um it's identity politics on steroids and we should be concerned about it there, there was a story i covered uh i think it was yesterday i could have been at the tail end of last week uh where uh northern ireland got its first uh you know multicolored pedestrian crossing you know all the colors of the rainbow plus pink and white and lilac and everything else uh, at a shopping center in west belfast now the question is Let's put all that aside. Let's take identity politics clean out of this, okay? Let's set that completely to the side. Let's set virtue signaling to the side. The massive amount of backlash that came from that, Darren, was in and around this. For example, guide dogs aren't trained to recognize these things, and there is no law under the pedestrian puffin and pelican crossing act that a car actually has to stop for anyone crossing on anything other than a black and white uh you know road marking so technically speaking people were saying set aside the virtue signaling set aside the fact that this is an eyesore nobody actually wants it in the first place except it's you know uh catering to a small minority of people and a small group uh you know somewhere in the city it's, it's potentially dangerous uh, because mm -hmm. guide dogs can't recognize it. Cars don't have to stop. And some people say, is it even a crossing at all to begin with? You know, where's the, where's the thought given for people's actual safety in all this and the fact that it's actually inconveniencing blind people or people that are visually impaired? Uh, and, it's, and you're right. And it's probably... Uh 
in, in accordance with uh, bureaucracy mm-hmm. and what's written down, it's probably not legal, for example, to to change street crossings, crossings into the, the colours of the rainbow, minus one colour, because it's only actually six colours that they use from the rainbow for the mm-hmm. LGBTQ stuff. It's probably not legal. It may well not be, if we really digged into it here in the UK, legal to fly any flag other than a U- Union Jack or the English flag. Um, I mean, I don't know about that. It's the same with street names. Why do they want to attack the street names? Oh, because, you know, Sir John Hawkins uh, Square is a, a racist uh, racist name. Um, no, it's an attack on our culture, our society, who we are, what we are about, and it creates a massive amount of confusion, particularly the LGBTQ stuff, which only represents a tiny minority of the people here in the UK. And there would be the same in Yarra in Australia, uh, where they've got all those Aboriginal flags. That represents a tiny, minute uh, a minority uh, of that community. It creates division. It creates anger amongst the people. And if that is what is happening, I would suspect that's the intention that's it's meant to cause. Yeah. It's it's a mad, mad state of affairs. Flags, as you can imagine, in Northern Ireland are an extremely contentious issue. And the, the madness of it all is, for example, in City Hall in Belfast, there was such an uproar about flying the Union Jack flag up there. There's no problem, though, with flying a Palestinian flag up there. Somebody wants to stick an Israeli flag possibly up there as well. It seems to be odd that for so many years, you know, uh, nationalism thinks that people were proud of is out the window and in with no problem embracing uh, flags from West African countries or, you know, uh, Taiwanese flags will be the thing next year. You can't fly a Union Jack or a tricolor in certain places, but a Taiwanese flag or a Ukrainian flag for so many years, remember, they, they, they were in people's windows even. People had no idea what Ukraine was about, but the flags were in the windows. Man, it's just a crazy old state of affairs that we're in right now. I can't believe it. The music's playing, man. That means it's time for us to get the hell off air and make way for uh, James Freeman, but we got to do it. If we don't do it, they will force remove us so we're going to go peacefully Darren at least for now anyway big salute to you my friend as always it's a blast always good to see you mate. catch up maybe just before Christmas in the again studio. yes a uh, big thanks to the guys in the good studio as well bro. stay tuned everyone James Freeman's incoming uh, don't go anywhere else but the one and only the marvellous the incredible TNT Radio